0: Inside Westminster, Chapter 240, Lost Causes Mandy had insisted that her husband, the PM, take her on holiday, even though things were hotting up in remoter parts of the globe. I'm getting a large dose of cabin fever cooped up in this coffin-like building, she'd knocked, adding, and I'm worth it. Potty was beginning to wonder about that, but was definitely not up for a row that evening, so succumbed with the two most useful words any man could ever learn. Yes, dear. And so off Mandy had scuttled to browse the internet, choosing the most expensive hotel in Cornwall. She was going to get her pound of flesh, having been denied a more luxurious and longer trip, as Potty feared his popularity ratings would sink even lower if a crisis happened and he was on some far-flung exotic island. He'd actually learnt something in his time in office and that something was that the great British public had limits to their patience. Ptolemy Trudge-Jones knew that Afghanistan was teetering on the verge of catastrophe but, as he'd been warned by high-level intelligence analysts that the new American president was going to mark the 20th anniversary of the Twin Towers with some momentous announcement, he'd staved off making any major policy shift public. The the options weren't many. Stay and support the burgeoning openness of Afghan society or withdraw and leave them to it, it being the Taliban. Potty didn't have the second of the options in mind when he received an urgent message to watch the news. He'd just arrived at the luxury Cornish hotel with his armoured vehicle cavalcade and was unpacking his ancient tatty suitcase whilst pulling on his newly purchased trunks Four sizes smaller than my past pairs, he'd proudly said, "'but Mandy was already in her sun lounger gear "'and on said sun lounger on the balcony. "'And there he was, sleepy Joe, "'grinning gormlessly out of the screen, "'announcing to the world that, "'as a mark of respect to his fellow Americans, "'all US troops and entitled civilians "'would be leaving that godforsaken land by the end of August.' "'What?' yelled Potty at the TV screen, followed by, "'And thanks for the warning!' "'What warning?' quizzed Mandy innocently. "'Exactly!' jibed the PM, adding, "'There wasn't one!' Mandy had an inkling of the horrors awaiting the population, particularly the females, of that part of the world, as one of her besties hailed from neighbouring Pakistan." and was an avid campaigner for women's health and human rights in general in an area of the world where the vast majority of girls are condemned to a life of abject misery and bad health due to their status being regarded as lower than that of the family's livestock. "'I'll have to go back,' groaned Potty. "'But when you just got here,' wailed wailed Mandy, quizzing. "'Will me and Baby Bear have to go too?' "'No,' replied Potty. "'You stay and enjoy yourselves.' He hesitated, debating whether to remind his beloved that she shouldn't take anything from the minibar, but thought better of it as he knew her response and he absolutely couldn't hack the vitriol at that very moment. In another supposedly luxurious location, Balmoral to be exact, someone else of haughty persuasion was toying with treating himself. Not that there was a minibar in his room, far from it, as his parents had always eschewed such OTT nonsense flummery, advocating pulling the embroidered sash, which summoned a lackey. Then half an hour later, you might be lucky enough to get a g- your g though the ice would have melted, or your copper, now lukewarm. Oh well, sighed Prince Marcus, at least I can't be served a summons here. Brave, heroic helicopter pilot that he had been... Our prince had decided that the best place to be, given the current circumstances, was hiding under mummy's skirts. And the Queen had long ago decided that her son was innocent of all charges. He hadn't been enticed by Gregory Upstein and his enforcer, Anushka Blackwell, into having sex with any underage girl. She'd had little choice as the alternative... That he had enjoyed an illegal coupling not once but thrice was too unbearable to even contemplate. Her Madge had lived through sadness and scandal in her time as Queen, her own sisters cavorting, sensationalising 60s society at a time when most dirt was expected to be swept under the carpet. All three of her daughters in law letting the side down to various degrees at some time or other and now her grandson, seemingly on a course possibly leading to the destabilisation of the institution she had given her life to building. Speaking of the toe-sucking recipient, her Madge went off to find her ex-daughter-in-law, Fitzy, to have a chat about the current state of play vis-à-vis her second eldest son. Carla fitzalan Hume had proved her worth over the years of her divorce, having remained beyond loyal to her ex, Prince Marcus, and to the royal family. Fitzy had never once complained about anyone or anything royal. Indeed, she had been practically the family's staunchest supporter, almost blindly so, and was often heard using such adjectives as heroic, gallant or even chivalric when referring to one of the men in her life men now relating to exes and sons-in-law, not, as in the past, lovers. Annoyingly, the Winchesters kept flinging barbs at the family, even whilst they were all gathered in Scotland to try and get away from it all. Chance would be a fine thing, Annabel. Prince Edmund's wife, had said to the Queen, over their shared favourite beverage, apart from an ice-cold martini, that is, of Earl Grey tea with a slice of lemon. What do they want? said Her Madge with genuine sorrow in her voice. Well, to be quite honest, Annabelle had started to confess, I think Sassy might have a mental disorder. She's got all the hallmarks. The Queen just groaned as she would never forget the nightmare of the other famous drama queen in whose footsteps her grandson's wife seemed to be treading. Why hadn't it worked? the Queen groaned. I mean, look at you and Edmund. Exactly, retorted Annabel, might be to do with being English and not wanting to be in the limelight. The two women, now after the early traumatic years of divorce, death, heartbreak, and scandal, were firm friends and enjoyed each other's company. They trusted each other's discretion, as both had been brought up in a certain way which now was regarded as stuffily old fashioned and most certainly un American. There, the more centre stage one could be, the better, and preferably armed with as many axes to grind as possible. And the more publicity one could attract, the better. How truly ghastly was all the Queen would say. And most sane people would have to agree.